Hello and welcome to a podcast of Two Halves presented by Spark. I am Jack Goodwin, a stand-in host today for this podcast episode, and I am joined by your usual boys, Isaac Richardson and Mohammed Patel. How are you both? Very well. Yeah, that's fine. A bit better after last night's result. Definitely. Yeah, a good victory. Yeah, uh, and we're also joined by Adam Salisbury. I'm sure everyone knows the name of Sol. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. I'm delighted with three points last night, and um, it just makes lockdown that little bit easier to handle, doesn't it? Yeah, and let's stay on that topic. Preston North End coming away with a 1-0 victory against Birmingham last night. Um, how, how do you think the game went? Well, we're on a podcast of two halves. Last night was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Um, the first half, if North End had got beat last night, there would have been massive uproar last night in the first half. It was a dismal affair. But the first thing to mention is, um, obviously the conditions were were appalling. Now I, I've um, I've actually tuned in to uh, Neil's press conference since, and um, George Hon- Hodgson Lang's lives is man. Um, actually uh, asked Neil whether it was the worst conditions he's ever seen, and, and he said no, no, he's able. Um, to be fair, he's a hardened Scot, isn't he, Neil? Um, no, they were one of the worst conditions that I've ever seen, to be honest. Um, and it took a it took a while for North End to, to come to terms with them. Obviously, the balls over the top were skipping along the surface due to the rain. Um, and it was just a deeply scrappy affair. Um, but the second half, North End started to come good. Um, created uh, more chances, the pot's chance, honestly. If North End hadn't have scored last night, I'm not sure that I'd have slept. Because that pot's chance, I'm, I'm still not sure how he missed. Uh, he, he did well to recover um, moments later to have um, another real good pop, and it was an, um, a well saved effort from Etheridge. But no, North End um, always looked on top of the game, uh, I thought, and, and and we're always coming over three points. Yeah, and uh, Mo, uh, Adam touched on um, the difficult conditions. I bet, though. If we were allowed to go to the games, you'd have read, you'd have loved those conditions, wouldn't you? That, that's what it's about. They're a little Tuesday night away, Wednesday night, what it was. Was it a nice, pretty game? Absolutely pissing it down. Scruffy, scruffy. It was a scruffy game, but that's where you need that bit of quality. And I think Malumbi Sinclair, they linked up very well. And, and the only bit you... of quality I think we had in the game came from our goal. Yeah, and, and do you think it was a deserved victory? I think we probably did edge it. Well, second half, definitely. As Sol said, it was a game of two halves. First half, there wasn't much in it. There was that Brown chance was probably our best chance. Um, it was a made a good save for us. Um, but second half, especially the 10, 15 minutes after the break, we dominated. We had that Potts chance. Potts had another chance that was saved and then the goal. So... That's Bell, I think we dominated, and that's where the only bit of quality of the game came. So, yeah, I'd say it was a deserved victory. Yeah, and um, Adam, and well, you both touched on how it was a game of two halves, and it's it's been really a season of two halves in the sense that uh, out of Preston offense, 31 goals this season, Isaac, 22 have come in the second half. Do you think there's a, a reason for that? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a consistent thing 
well, obviously throughout the season, um, sometimes we have come out slow in the first half. Yesterday, not so much. I thought we started really brightly. Um, maybe dipped after 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, maybe Neil's got a magic word in the dressing room. We've, we've seen multiple games now where the second half brought us a turnaround um, in some cases in um, Huddersfield and Brentford um, most memorably. Um, yeah, it's whether that it might just be the fact that it takes us longer to get into the game, but when it does, we do have that quality in our team to get goals. And, and do you think, Neil, like you mentioned, is the time to maybe have a bit of a hairdryer effect? I don't know, you're in the know a bit, Sol, aren't you? Is, is he the one to blow his fuse at times? I'm not sure I'm in the know. Um, I'm absolutely not in the dressing room at half-time, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> whether he's going ballistic. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily read too much into those stats uh, about scoring um, one half or another. Um, like Isaac alluded to earlier, we did actually start quite well for the first 10. Uh, I thought North End uh, always looked the more likely, uh, despite not necessarily looking like scoring, uh, but they were uh, on top of the match. But uh, I thought North End were always keeping them at arm's length, and it was just a case of when that chance came. Um, and luckily, North End have got the, a real like, X-factor player in that regard, a, a real gun player, that uh, if a chance comes to Scott Sinclair, invariably the ball's going into into the net and I'm not sure you can understate just how good a finish that was last night a real moment of quality from him um, and again you don't notice that he's in the game a lot but when a chance comes the ball's in the net it's like wow he scored again um, but um, I, I, I just think it's a case with him where um, he's waiting for that chance whether it's in either half really yeah, and Mo, you touched last night when we were having a chat about the game that you feel like Scott Sinclair's perhaps underrated by the fan base. Yeah, it's just, it, I feel like because everyone knows he's got that quality, when he scores, it's not a big deal. So, like, he won't be in the game and he'll just come out with a moment of magic that'll win us a game. We've seen that Brentford, when he brought us back into the game. Um, Reading, he played very well. Again, last night, Bournemouth, he scores consistently, but he's not a player that really gets spoke about much. I think it's just because everyone expects his quality and I can't state how big of a good signing that was for us. Well, and, and we've been crying out for someone that can score goals in the second tier. I mean, the last person to score 15-plus was in 2006-07 when it was David Nugent with 17 goals. Um, obviously, Joe Garner had spells, but that was in the third division. So, do you think, realistically, Sinclair could reach those heights, could get past 15? He's got eight already. This season, it depends on injury. I think the players around him make a big difference. I think Malumbi and Whiteman coming in will help him a lot. You can see Malumbi was on the same wavelength as yesterday. I think Scott Sinclair's best when we're moving the ball quickly. So, yesterday when Whiteman playing forward a lot and Malumbi, them two playing, I'd say off Scott Sinclair will help us create chances and it will lead to more goals for him. 
Isaac, did you think uh, anyone else stood out other than people we've mentioned so far? Um, I thought our new Dane, the keep, uh, Iverson had a fantastic game and goal. Um, obviously, won't get mentioned um, a lot. I thought that fantastic save in the first half down to his right was tremendous. We all know that, but um, just on a more generic note, how he commanded his box, came out and punched when needed to, just had a big presence um, in, in goal yesterday and I thought had a very good game. Yeah, just a yeah. quick mention as well. Um, was his kicking is actually outstanding from the first two games I've seen. Uh, makes a real difference. Sharp, isn't it? Yeah, he, some long kicks, similar to what we saw with uh, Jordan Pickford when he played for the off end. He's kicking it long and he's kicking it with pace, which is, 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 is superb. So, um, I don't really know what we're laughing at, to be honest. I think we're still all bouncing on oh. the victory yesterday. We're still, <laughs> still on our high horses yesterday. Oh, well. Yeah, so, I mean, his kicking was it's very good. It was a good point, So, um, Another player that I want to mention, uh, Mel, is uh, our club captain, Alan Brown. He played yesterday in a slightly different role at right-back, but he did a good job, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like when he's played at right-back, he never feels out of place. I know he's the best in the 10, but with our full-back situation, I think Alan Brown playing right-back, it probably suits us at the moment because we've got players that can play in that middle with Malumbi and Whiteman coming in. He always has reminded me of Matty Cash and as he can get forward and his defensive side of the game is good as well and he will always provide goals. He showed that game against Derby where he can play down that wing and come in and he's done it last night in the first half with that chance as well. So I feel like the defensive side of your game, it can be improved and with his defensive side improving at some point because he will get taught if he's playing there on a more regular basis, he could become a very good right back. Yeah, I mean, there's one North End legend, Graham Alexander, who was yeah. uh, a centre mid and a right back. And, you know, do you think Alan Brown, though, has signed his contract with Neil saying he's going to play at right back? Or do you reckon he'll prefer to be number 10 where he can maybe reach the heights of 18, 19? I think with him signing the contract, I don't think he would have signed it to play at right back. However, with Brown being who he is, I think he will understand. Like this, with our fullback situation, as I've already said, I don't think he'll make a fuss out of it. He'll play the max of his ability, no matter where you put him. And I think he will be a very good right back and he can play at the very highest level playing in that position. Yeah, and um, Alan Brown, who's very close to 300 appearances, probably you'd expect will make that 300 appearance mark. Um, but there is one player that's beat him to it, and that is Paul Huntington, who made his 300 appearance yesterday, Sol. Um, so Huntington, that's now played for the club for eight years, uh, well, coming into his ninth year now at the Whites. What mm. sort of legacy will he leave behind when he leaves North End? Um, well, first and foremost, what a legend he's been for North End. My actual first memory of Punts was when um, he was in a Yeovil shirt uh, at Hewish Park. North End got beat on the day. Clark Carlisle scored a consolation goal and a two-on defeat. But uh, Hunt's got red carded, I think, along with 
it was along with Jamie Proctor. So I think the two were, were having a scrap in the middle of the park. Um, and then obviously I was quite surprised when we brought him in, but it was in that era of um, trying to bring in leaders under Wesley, wasn't it? Uh, we brought in lead, uh, club captains from all sorts of clubs like Welsh and Kansel Sheriff and Hunts was that at Yeovil. Um, and he comes to North End and he, he just seemed to understand the club straight away. Um, uh, and obviously he's a bit of a no-nonsense defender, uh, rising high, heading the ball. Uh, he loves one of those lofty passes into uh, in, into nowhere, which I quite like. He kind of hunts his quirks. Um, but no, he's been a wonderful uh, servant for us. I'm not sure you can understate just how important he was when we went up uh, out of League One. He scored nine goals that year, you know, uh, including uh, a pretty important one at Bramall Lane in the FA Cup that sort of changed our season. Um, he's just been a fantastic um Servant for the football club, and no one would would um, would be more fitting of a testimonial than Hunt for me because he just loves North End. I know he's a Cumbrian lad. He started at Newcastle, but to me, he's Mister P and E, and um, and he's been a wonderful player for us. And he's come under a bit of criticism, I think, over the last few years. I think it's fair to say, Isaac. Do you think it's warranted that? I mean, no one should be, should be, uh, should shouldn't get criticism. Everyone, even if you, I mean, today Jim Gannon just been uh, sacked at Stockport and he's missed the Stockport County. But do you think, in this term, do you think Huntington, for the past two three years, where he's come in for stick on 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 fans forums and at grounds and stuff, do you think it's fair? As you say, I think everyone will get criticised at some point. But the thing with Hunts is, whenever the gaffer wants him to come in, he comes in and he rarely puts a foot wrong. When he does put a foot wrong, if, um, it, it might be a big mistake or it might um, lead to a goal. But I think, I've seen, I saw something yesterday that there was a, a really high percentage of um, games this season have been clean sheets when Hunts has been playing. And that just shows how effective he is. Um, yeah, but going going back to the criticism, I think everyone's going to get a bit. Um, but I think he's just been a terrific servant to the club. Um, a, a very good defender as well. Like, he's not just been a good servant. He's a, he's, he's a good... I won't say a good player because... Is he a good footballer? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, just superb. Love hunts. Hey. Love love everything about him. Love the way he does his business. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I I didn't know whether you want to speak there, Isaac. Um, I I was uh, hunts who like Sol mentioned was a bit of a goal scoring machine in League One, wasn't it? Well, I was going to cheer up then. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. I thought he was uh, dropping off. Um, yeah, the the season in 2014-15 was obviously incredible. Um, nine goals for for a defender in any season is remarkable, um, especially when you go up, making it even better. I think the majority of them goals were uh, 
the classic PE that season. We get a corner midway between the box and the halfway line. Paul Gallagher whips it in and Hunt just nods it in. Um, mm. And obviously the one at Wembley just topped it off for him really. That season, that whole that season as a whole, yeah. Mo, favourite Hunt's moment? I think it it's impossible not to say Wembley. Um, just the manner of it being on the big stage. I remember seeing him at Colchester actually after we lost, and you could just see how much it meant to him. Like him and Paul Gallagher and Beckford stuck out to me, all on the knees at full time. Um, but yeah, the manner of the goal at Wembley. I think Sheffield United, as Sal mentioned before, was a huge goal as it ultimately led to our promotion because we were really struggling before that. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Wembley for me. Yeah, he's just a bit of a living legend around these areas, isn't he? Um, Isaac, obviously Mo's just given us his favourite North End moment, so don't be boring and go for the Wembley one as well. What what are you going to go for? <laughs> I have been trying to think throughout the course of uh, <laughs> the podcast so far. Um, quite a funny one that sticks out is um, Blackpool at home when he uh, lost his tooth in celebrations. That <laughs> <laughs> um, was quite a funny moment, and the one that sticks out really. Uh, Apart from the obvious, the obvious Wembley one, which I'm sure everyone will choose. So you've picked one in a uh, green and white shirt. Which one are you? What what are you thinking in a in a white shirt? Um, yeah, um, like the others have mentioned, it's hard to look past Wembley, but I will offer um, an alternative. Um, scored an important goal at Gillingham, uh, sort of late 2014. <laughs> as part of a 1-0 win. Um, and it was cold that night. I weren't there, but it was cold in Preston. Um, he scored He scored at Yeovil that season as well, as part of a 2-0 win. Um, but I won't necessarily recall Hunts for scoring goals or blocking a shot or, like I mentioned earlier, one of his quirks in punting the ball um, into space. I recall Hunts as... Um, as a sort of person who'd, who'd hammer his chest um, and, and really go off to the town. And that's what I want to see. Like, like a player coming over and, and sort of reflecting the mood in the stands to a player on the pitch. That, that, that can't really be beaten for me. Hunts walking over to, to the town end or an away end. They're really just, just going potty. That's what I want to see. I want to be like, come on, get it. Or what a, what a win or... or um, what a nil-nil draw, which we saw in, in, in Grayson's time. He um, knows what it means to, to us as fans. Exactly. Um, and that's what I recall Hunt on. Um, just to, just like I said earlier, Mr P&E for me, Hunt. He's an absolute living legend. Well, well he's does... come out numerous times and said that uh, when, he, when he finishes his playing career, it, the one team that will look out for results will be North End. It'll be the team that he supports now, so... You know, he's a, he's a proper living legend, though. It's shown it, because like, he's not played for a considerable period of time. He could have easily left the club. But he, he might not be the best of footballers, but we can all agree every time he puts a shirt on, he'll always give 100%. Oh, 100%. Um, he's just a superb player. But 
Uh, North End are looking to do some more business, we believe, with uh, the transfer window. Just got over a week left now. Uh, they've already done four signings. Daniel Iverson coming in on loan from Leicester City. Jason Malumbi on loan from Brighton. Chad Evans, the controversial one, on loan from Fleetwood Town. And then Ben Whiteman coming for a reported uh, above £1.5 million from Doncaster Rovers. Um, Mo, do you see any more business North End that they need to do? I think uh, we do need, we need a full-back, I think. Um, that's where we're lacking. And it shows we've had to play Brown out of position. Um, I think we could do with a winger as well. I know uh, Josh Ginelli's out at Hearts, but it looks like he's going to stand there on a permanent. Um, I think we, we're just looking at our bench. Barbar Cusin yesterday on the weekend, it showed our options of wingers are definitely lacking. So, and the Ben Davis situation, it doesn't look like he's going to stay. So, a centre off very important for us. I mean, you mentioned uh, Johnson, Davis, and Pearson, when you mentioned uh, Davis. So, do you see any of them leaving before the January transfer window? Do you think it will uh, sort of fizzle out until the summer and see them leave in the summer? I'll say the two Bens to leave at. at um some point in the near future, whether it's um, now or or after the season, we'll see. Um, but I don't see them staying. Um, which is, you know, of, of huge regret. Um, bit careless on the club's part, isn't it? Uh, to, lo to lose two of your best players. But again, they've been offered competitive wages here. So it's just a case of them wanting to go higher up in the career, which is okay, that's fine. Uh, whether they can do that north of the border. I know Pearson's been linked with Celtic, as is Ben Davis, but to a lesser degree, will uh, remain to be seen. But I don't think they'll play football here. Johnson's a tricky one, isn't it? Because uh, now, Bra now Brown's put... Um, pen to paper you'd like to think that Johnson's looking at that and thinking you know what uh, at least North End are trying like, to keep hold of um, the best players and therefore like, I want to stay and I want to be part of it um, so it's just a case of whether um, Johnson wants a new challenge or not but um, look I'd like to see uh, all of them stay um, I'd be stunned if uh, if the two Ben stayed um, but I'm hopeful about DJ yeah, you'd like to think one of them will sign now they're seeing that Brown will stay. Um, so, Isaac, with it looking unlikely that um, Davis and Pearson are going to stay, it looks like we've kind of signed replacements for Piero. Um, but centre-half is, is a position which probably needs looking at. Is there anyone in mind that you would like North Bend to uh, be tapping off at the moment? Yeah, I mean, all, all the praise have just given Paul... Um, uh, sort of goes overshadowed with the fact that I think we do need a new defender, um, a central defender. Um, because whether that be Davis leaving, if Davis was to leave now, that would be really sort of. Catastrophic. Sorry? Catastrophic. Yeah. Exactly, because 
we've we've seen the uh, from Wickham previously that we're, we're not strong enough in the defensive areas. Um, we've seen seen speculation potentially about a move for Sonny Bradley, um, a, a, a decent centre off for this division. Um, the type of centre off that would fit perfectly into Preston North End. Um, big shit house of a defender, as uh, as they say nowadays, um, and also a good, decent player. So, I think, yeah, he should. We should be trying to go go for him if possible. Um, if that's obviously um, on the radar, whether that's just a rumor or not, oh, I don't know. But yeah, defend uh, defensively, definitely needs improving. Seems like you're dipping in and out there, Isaac. I don't know whether you're having some Wi-Fi trouble. Um, but I think what you mentioned there, Sonny Bradley, would be a, a sign of intent, I, I would imagine. You know, going and signing Luton Town's captain. I know they're not Barcelona, but to sign a captain from another side in our league, uh, a, a side that haven't just come up, you know, this is their second season in the league. If we could go and sign Sonny Bradley, Mo, surely that'd be a, a big sign of intent and something that... Possibly, you know, it's it's better in the transfer market than we've done previously, where we're getting, you know, youngsters from League Two and we're getting every Irish bloke that's ever played in the League of Ireland. So, would it would it be good? I think it's a long-term replacement for Ben Davis, and it makes sense. He's dominant. We've, we've seen how what type of player he is when we've played against him. I think he would fit into our style of play well, as Isaac said. And it would be a signing of intent, as it's a well-known player. As in the past, we've been signing a player who's meant to be really good in the Irish division, which has failed, basically. Andy we've Boyle. seen players like Kevin O'Connor. Go on. Andy Boyle. Andy Boyle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Solid. Yeah, so it just shows we're signing a player that is well known to the majority of the fan base. Whereas in the past, we've signed players like Andy Boyle, who was meant to be all right, but it just turned out to be absolutely woeful. Shite. Graham Burke as well. Bloody yeah. A great son, though. He did, he did. But we did sign Sean Maguire from that. You know, so you know, sometimes you get some hidden gems. I know he's not being the next messiah, but um, we've signed some decent signings that have come from lower leagues or from Ireland. But it does seem like we are moving um, perhaps our transfer strategy now to be looking in a different market. So, do you think that's a fair reflection that maybe the owner is looking to back the manager a bit more than he has done in the past? Yeah, I'm a big. Uh, advocate uh, to go to Ireland and get players for peanuts. We've got Maguire and Brown, um, and they've been worth more than more than any dross we've had, like like your uh, Andy Boyle, Kevin O'Connor. But for those two gems, we've got absolutely nothing to lose. We may as well get those um, mm-hmm. quality players um, and just take the um, take the wheat wheat with the chaff. No, completely got that wrong. Anyway, 
The only problem I see there, Sol, the only problem I see there, Sol, is when you're replacing a player of Ben Davis's calibre, you need someone that's proven and you can't really take a gamble. If Shaw's like, when we take Ben Davis out the side, we look lost at the back. No, I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, I don't think anyone was uh, advocating nipping over to Ireland to get one of these young green players. Um, <laughs> I had to come and play instead of Ben Davis. But for the quality that Brown and Maguire have brought, no-brainer for me. Um, yes, it's nice to see the manager getting backed. Um, Sonny Bradley would be a decent signing, wouldn't he? Um, big, physical, left. People love the left. That's the big People adore it, um, which is great. Whatever, whatever uh, pleases people. Um, but... Uh, Look, he's not going to be like um, like what we already have in in uh, Ben Davis because he's like a he's like a um, like watching an opera sometimes watching him like a, a real sort of a ballet dancer gliding across the pitch and just snuffing out all sorts of nonsense. He's like twirling on a football pitch, but um, I, I don't never seen a defender do anything quite like that, but. Um, yeah, look, it's good to see the manager getting backed. Um, and um, let's just hope we can get permanent signings. Loan signings are great, but um, not of much use for the future. And, and do you, staying on that, do you think we will sign someone in the next 10 days or so? Uh, I think we need to. I think um, Alex Neal had his way with Wood. Um, it's just a case of whether the owner's willing to put more money into the club again. Notice he put £1.6 million in shares in again recently. Um, to me, we need a wide man. Mo was absolutely spot on earlier. I couldn't have put it any better myself. We're so limited in that wide area. I want to see a real exciting, pacey player coming on and running that opposition team. A bit like a Jeffrey Monacana. Like, obviously, <laughs> in terms of technical ability. But it it genuinely get you on the edge of your seat. It'd be driving it, playing with skill, and um, that's what I was, that's what I want to see coming off the bench. We need a wide man for sure. Uh, obviously, uh, we've spoken about the defenders uh, and a left back's key. I can't believe how no one's mentioned a left back. Like all the criticisms on the on on. <sighs> you have to cut this out, by the way. Ridiculous uh, <laughs> issue, but. <laughs> Andy Hughes gets away with murder. Now, I don't mind Andy Hughes. He's he's all right, but that's about it. What I want to see from my left back, I want to see him running up and down all game. I want absolutely energetic. Like great Andy Hughes. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that. But we're so limited with our left back. Higher up the pitch, it's untrue. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see a wide man and a left back specifically. If Northam higher up in the league table... Um, the supporters would be crying out for a striker, and I don't think Chad Evans would have um, would have uh, been um, would have been their first choice striker. I think Emmy's the man. Well, Ray Reese, don't get me wrong, I think he's good. Um, the problem you got with him is that he's uh, uh, green as grass really keen to learn but still a bit immature he'll be a quality player in a couple of years let me show you that yeah I think everyone needs a bit of time you can see the qualities there but as you say 
he just he's got a bit of learning to do, and I think he will be a very good player for us. Yeah, well, um, so that's a talk of the transfer window. Uh, so Sol's mentioned that a left back is really needed. We've said that a winger's needed. Uh, I think we've all agreed that probably centre backs are needed as well. Um, Isaac, coming back to you, do you think realistically we'll see um, any of them? You know, we've probably mentioned saying we need two centre backs, a one winger, and a full back. Do you think we'll see any of those four? Um, centre back, I really think we'll get something over the line. I believe that. Um, left back, I'm not too sure because. I'm not saying they're good at all by all means we've got Earl and Hughes um, which both have had very had good games in the past um, so whether Alex Neil thinks in his head that he needs to strengthen there I don't know um, realistically, realistically we do um, as for Wingate Sorry, go on, Sol. I'd be absolutely stunned if Neil's looking at left back and thinking we might not need to replace them too. So they limit us. They limit us immeasurably. They do, but he's not. I, he's not looked. Um, he's never really mentioned that. He's never mentioned left backs as as a, as a weakness point, really, has he? And he's not exactly error prone, is he? So he isn't making glaring mistakes. Oh. It's more just he isn't, a, like you say, a, a bombing up fullback is what you'd want in the modern game. I suspect that 10th um, in the league is about his limit. You're not going to yes. go high. He's, probably, best, he's probably better on the left of a three. He's better in the air, isn't he? Than the most. Um, but again, if you play the three, then you need a, a marauding wingback. I agree with you that we do need a left-back at some point. But as you said, as a mid-table, I don't think he will go and bring a left-back in in this window just we because we've got other priorities that we need to bring in. As you said, he is all right when we're 10th in the league and that's where we will be this season, in my opinion. We're PNE, we'll get playoffs. <laughs> Yo, there's always optimism. I mean, at the start of the season, at the start of the season, you look at it, you've got so many players out of contract. We kind of fell off towards the end of last year. It was, um, it was, it was, it was a bit disappointing, really, wasn't it? Um, but probably whereabouts we should have been. Um, would you have taken it if someone said to you at this point, you're going, you're going towards the end of the January transfer window and you're tenth in the league with an outside chance of playoffs? You'd have taken it, wouldn't you? Undoubtedly would have taken it, yeah. Um, although, uh, I'm not sure that the minority of, of um, people on the hashtag PNEFC on Twitter would agree. I mean, it's like it's like, they're, um, it's like they want to tune in and watch Arsene Wenger's Arsenal every week. Um, and the good Arsene Wenger Arsenal at that, not the, uh, not the nonsense that he produced sort of 10 years after his title. Um, yeah, I can hear the groans from the Tom Finney already. <laughs> um, yeah, if they want to see like incredible stuff being played and a real sprinkling of class, um, 
Twitch is okay, but I'm okay being 10th in the league when when you take into consideration you're in the global pandemic and when you um, into consideration of the budget and the squad, really, because that squad's not as settled as it's been over the last two or three years. You've got to remember, we literally brought in one player in the summer with Emil Reese. We didn't freshen it up at all. And it, so it were almost like teams start to suss us out as it showed in the first half of the season before we started picking up. Yeah, I agree. If we if someone said 10th now, um, coming to, towards the end of January, with Malumbi and Whiteman in, in the midfield, um, with Emil, Rice, Emil Reese now settled, 100% take it. Especially when we've lost that amount of games, especially at home. We've lost uh, seven games at home, isn't it? Something like yeah. that. Absolutely bonkers. Well, we couldn't win it. We couldn't score a goal at the start. We had our first. I think our first goal at home was Jaden Stockley's volley. People were still lost. We were uh, relegation candidates. No, we, I, n- I never thought we'd, we were in a relegation battle just because uh, the person we, 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 did. Yeah, <laughs> you like on social media, we were in the, a, a real battle, a real basement battle. We're in a crisis, the biggest crisis to, known yeah. to man, really. Neil out, Ridsdale out, Hebbings out, fucking everyone out. Club shop needs to go as well. Deepdale <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing a lot of the time, really, for me. On Twitter, oh, so you work at the ticket office, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I bet you, they were calling for you out at one point as well. To be honest. <laughs> I actually did read my name saying Isaac Richardson out, not selling enough tickets. <laughs> oh. No, I, I, I agree with Mo. I don't think we're ever in a relegation battle. Um, I agree. I, but if you I, went online, then Christ, we're in a real hole. <laughs> I feel like when, when you've got and I'm a big advocate of him, and I get told I'm a happy clapper or whatever, but I think Alex Neal is is the biggest asset to the club. I, I genuinely think that. I, I think if he manages Bournemouth, Norwich, Watford, he has any of these sides, Cardiff, I reckon he has them in a right in the thick of a promotion battle and probably takes them up. I think he's a good manager. He's been there, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, he had us in the top six for majority of last season before lockdown. It was first. Yeah, we'll tap at league at one point. Cherish that for the rest of my life. Alton away, sheesh. What's journey away from there? Bloody hell. Okay, I think that wraps it up for tonight's podcast. A podcast of two halves, which is presented by Spark. Thank you to Mo Patel and Isa Richardson, who will be coming up with plenty of podcasts for you over the next couple of months. Uh, Mo, Isaac, is there anything you've got in the pipeline? Um, well, we're thinking of inviting fans from different teams onto our podcast over the next few weeks, and in particularly, probably do a podcast on North End on a monthly basis, but just try to grow our following from supporters from the EFL and the Premier League. Excellent stuff. And uh, so, always a pleasure to have your colourful analysis on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure to talk about North End. I do, I do enjoy it occasionally. Okay, and for now, stay safe.